Hello, beautiful internet family. My name is Dan Davis, and I'm the creative director here at danstube.tv, as well as the Fearless Drone Academy, which is the ultimate online drone course for beginners. And today I've got my 20 must-know tips and settings for the newly released DJI Mini 3. Now, some of these tips and settings will be relevant to the Mini 3 Pro as well, but I've got a separate video on the Mini 3 Pro tips and settings. So this one here is specific to the Mini 3, but like I said, there will be some overlap with the Mini 3 Pro settings as well. And I'm going to break it down into a few different menus. So we're going to start off with the flight menu. Now, what I mean by the flight menu is when you launch the drone, connect the controller, and you get that camera feed straight away with all the text and record button on the side and all of that information going on which can be quite overwhelming for new pilots this is what i call the flight menu if you are interested in picking yourself up a drone but you don't know what to get then i would suggest reaching out to the d1 store they are experts in the drone space and they can help you out with some really cool savings so just mention dan's tube when you send them an email at sales at d1store.com.au check out what they've got available on their site maybe there's a few products you want to pick up Send them an email, mention Dan's Tube, and they'll be able to help you out with the best bundle possible. Um, and I also have some exclusive bundles, some Dan's Tube bundles on their website as well, which will be linked below. So if you're looking for a different drone, check out those bundles because they are some of the best bundles I've seen. You get so many accessories. Um, and let me know if there's anything else you'd like me to add to that landing page, any other bundles that you think would be cool, and uh, we can add some more packages over there. So the first tip is called the flight checklist menu. Now that's located in the top left corner. It's on the right hand side of the mode that you're in. So depending on if you're in the end mode or the sports mode or the cinematic mode, it'll be on the right hand side of that. And it will also be dependent on what's going on with the drone as to what text will be displayed. So in my current video, it says takeoff permitted. And then I believe when I'm flying, it says in flight or something along those lines but if you've got any error messages or if it's trying to connect to satellites or anything like that the text will be different and it will be dependent on what's going on but all you have to do is tap on that text there so for me I tapped on the takeoff permitted and that's where it brings up this really cool secret menu that not everyone knows about and it's called the flight checklist menu so once you open up the flight checklist menu it'll actually give you some information at the top there in my example here it just says normal and that means that everything's normal there's no errors there's nothing you need to be worried about or aware of now this is where it will actually display if you have any errors so if you're noticing that it's a red box or that it's saying that you've got an error tap on that error and it will bring up all of the relevant errors and give you a breakdown of what's going on in this example like I said it just says normal and then below that you've got a few other options to choose from here uh, this is where you can change the auto return to home altitude the max altitude and the max distance now the first one that I would suggest playing around with is that return to home altitude. Now, depending on what your max altitude is set to, that will obviously limit what the return to home altitude is. Legally, you can only go up to 120 meters with the max altitude. Um, so from there, I would actually say your return to home altitude should be around 80 meters to 100 meters. And that will just ensure that if you lose connection with the drone, as it's trying to return back to you, it's gonna go above buildings and trees because let's say you lose full connection you can't see the camera feed anymore you want to make sure that it's actually going to be clearing any obstacles as it's returning back to you now moving on to tip number two and this is the battery information section so in the top right corner you will see that little circle there with a number and that basically indicates how much percentage of battery you have left now what you have to do is you basically have to press on that little circle there and it will bring up some more information for you. Now, when your drone is 
not taking off when it's just sitting on the ground and you're setting it all up that's going to give you no information when you press on the button you actually have to be flying to get the relevant information once the drone has been launched and it actually doesn't happen straight away like you can tap on that button once the drone has launched and sometimes it won't display so just launch the drone get up to a safe altitude or just fly for a little bit and then once you tap on that battery icon again it will actually come up with some really important information here it will tell you how long until it's going to return to home how long until it's going to be a forced landing where the drone actually forces itself to land and how long until complete battery depletion now that means that the drone will literally fall out of the sky so that means you need to avoid that at all costs and that's why i actually say to people make sure that you're bringing the drone back at about 30 percent maybe 25 percent if you really want to push it but bring the drone back at about 30 percent and then fly locally until you get down to that 25 percent mark and then make sure that you're bringing the drone into land well and truly before it gets anywhere near that forced landing or obviously the battery depletion as well so i find this to be a good indicator because it actually gives you a time and it tells you how many minutes until each of those criteria are going to be hit and now tip number three is one of my favorite tips it's something that not everyone knows about and for whatever reason it's just not explained that well but all you have to do here is press and hold on the screen until you feel a vibration and until you see that circle pop up on the screen and then what you can do is you can fully control the camera with your touchscreen. Now on certain drones, you have the control to look left and right. With the Mini 3 and the Mini 3 Pro though, you're only limited to looking up and down. But still, I find myself using this a fair bit. If I wanna look down at something and I'm not happy uh, using the wheel on the back of the controller, I find that I will actually just use this touchscreen control to control my camera. I find it to be a lot more intuitive, easy to get used to, and I just find it more reliable for me. So again, all you've gotta do Press and hold on the screen until it vibrates and that circle pops up. And then while your finger is still pressing and holding on the screen, you drag your finger either down or up to make the camera look down or up. Moving on to tip number four, which is the vertical video mode. Now this is located on the right hand side of the flight menu. It's that little kind of icon that looks like a rectangle on its side. And then when you press it, it's a rectangle facing upright. So that just basically says that it goes from portrait mode to landscape mode or vice versa. Um, so as you press on it, it will actually highlight, okay, this is in landscape mode now, press it again and it will go to portrait mode. So that's basically how you can quickly switch between the two modes. And even in this mode, when you are in that vertical mode, you can still use the touch screen to control the camera. So just keep that in mind when you are using that vertical video mode. Keep in mind that the vertical mode isn't just locked out to video. You can also use it in the photo modes as well. And I really do love it that you can still control the camera with the touch screen, regardless of what mode you're in, whether you're in vertical or the landscape mode. You do have a few different options with the digital zoom. It is dependent on what resolution you're in. So if you're in 1080p, you have control to go up to four times zoom, which is the equivalent of 96 millimeters. And you'll see on the right-hand side of the screen, it will just say one times by default. And that's on the left-hand side of the record button. If you press on that, it will take you to two times. Press on it again and it will take you to four times. Now, if you do go into the 4K resolution, then you can only go up to two times digital zoom here. So again, change it over to 4K, press that one times and it will take you straight into the two times zoom. Now, one thing that's really cool that again, isn't mentioned too much is if you press and hold where it says one times and then drag your finger down or up, it will actually take you between the different zoom modes. So you can try to get some form of a smooth 
zooming motion. It isn't ideal because it kind of jumps between the different modes, but this actually gives you the equivalent. So it'll let you know that two times it's a 48 millimeter equivalent, four times is 96 millimeter equivalent. And it's just kind of handy to be able to go between because if you're just pressing on the button, it will only take you between the main options, which is either, you know, the one times, the two times or the four times if you're in the 1080p. But through this option here, by pressing and holding and dragging your finger, you can go between uh, all of those options. You can go to 3.5, you can go two, you can go two point, you know, whatever. It gives you full control uh, to then adjust the digital zoom. Moving on to tip number six, and this is related to the autofocus and manual focus. Now, for most people, you're going to be happy with autofocus because it's kind of that infinity focus where it just focuses on on everything regardless if it's in the foreground or in the background it just gives you a nice amount of focus but if you do want to take it a little bit further you can tap on AF which is on the right just below that one times and it will take you into the manual focus option and again you can do similar what we can do with the digital zoom you can press and hold where it says AF and then drag your finger up and down and that will actually give you full control over where you want the focus point to be now you can see here with the tree in front of me, it's pretty cool because I can focus in on the tree or I can pull it away so that the focus is even closer to the foreground. Uh, it's not gonna be relevant in a lot of situations, especially if you're looking at a landscape and there's nothing in the way. But if you're looking at a landscape and you're focusing in on the tree, it, that's like right in front of the drone, for example, then you can really adjust that and get the focus point to be right on the tree as opposed to all the background. So you do have some control here with the autofocus and manual focus. Moving on to tip number seven, which is the map display and uh, compass option. So in the bottom left corner, you can tap on that little map icon and it will bring up the smaller map for you. If you wanna take it to the compass option, you can then tap that little compass icon in the bottom right of the map and that will take you into a new interface again, which is a clean interface if you kind of wanna see what direction you're facing, you wanna say see which way like the controller's facing um, and where the drone is, for example. This is a pretty cool interface if you don't wanna be overwhelmed with the map interface. So just so you know, you have those options to go between the map display and the compass display, or you can remove the map altogether and just have that icon in the bottom left corner. You have a few options there, so just play around with all those different options. Moving on to tip number eight, which is find my drone. You can actually find this setting through the other settings as well, but the quickest way to probably find it is in the bottom left corner, tap on the map, bring up the bigger map by tapping on the smaller map to make it a large map. And then you have the option to press the find my drone option. From there, you can use different maps uh, if you wanna put it into like Google Maps and then try to find your drone from there. But you can also press on the start flashing and beeping. And as the name implies, the drone will start flashing and beeping. So if you get close to the drone, but you just can't find it, maybe it's tucked in a bush somewhere or whatever it may be, press that button and it will make it a little easier to find the drone. If you ever do lose it, touch wood that that doesn't happen to anyone. Um, but this is how you utilize the find my drone feature. Moving on to tip number nine, which is the final tip of the flight menu. And then I'm gonna move on to the safety menu but tip number nine is the pro mode. So in the bottom right corner, you'll see by default, it will just say auto with the little camera icon. If you press on that, it will take you into the pro mode. And this is where you can control the shutter, ISO, EV, and a few other options as well. I do enjoy the pro mode. It gives you a lot more control. Uh, and it also brings up more information in the bottom right corner as you're flying. So definitely play around with that because you can adjust the white balance. You can still adjust the resolution and, and all the frame rates and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can see your SD card if you've got that plugged in and you just get a lot more information in the pro mode. So definitely start playing around with that because you'll be able to get a lot more out of your image 
when you use the pro mode. Moving on to tip number 10, which is the first tip in the safety menu. Now in the top right corner, you'll see those three dots. If we're in the flight menu, press on that and it will bring up the advanced menu. It should take you straight into the safety menu by default, which is the first one. And tip number 10 is return to home altitude, which is what I mentioned for tip number one with the flight checklist menu. This is where you can really play around with the altitude, the distance and the return to home altitude. So if you are just learning to fly your drone, you can always limit the altitude and the distance and maybe contain yourself into a small field. So you can really limit that just to get used to the way the drone controls and it will stop you from flying too far away by accident. And like I said before, one of the first tips I said, make sure your return to home altitude is set to at least 80 meters to make sure that it's gonna clear any obstacles in the way as it's returning back to you. Tip number 11 is located just below the return to home altitude and it's relating to the compass and IMU calibration. Now this one I won't show you too much here, I'll just show you where it's located, but if you ever have any error messages pop up in that flight checklist right at the beginning that I showed you, um, let's say for example it's saying uh, compass needs calibration. This is where you go to find the compass calibration. It will walk you through all the steps, it will show you how to hold your drone, what to do, and it does walk you through it nice and easily. Same with the IMU, if you have any issues with the IMU, you can come here and calibrate the IMU as well. Tip number 12 is the battery information, which again is located in the safety menu. If you press on that, it'll actually show you the status of the cells, which will let you know if you have any damaged cells and let you know the health of the cells. And it'll also tell you like the cycles, how many times you've cycle charged the, the battery and that will obviously depend on what battery you add in so you can insert your individual batteries and kind of go through them and see how much life they've had in them if any of the cells are damaged and this is just an easy visual way to kind of see the health of your batteries. We're moving on to the control menu now and we're going to dive into tip number 13 so the control menu is on the right hand side of the safety menu straight when you tap on that there is a section called gain and expo tuning. Now DJI have changed this this is previously where you would control the advanced gimbal settings, but now they've added it all together. So you have full control over the Expo and the gimbal, and you can go between the three different modes. So you can set it up for the normal mode, the cine mode, and the sports mode, and you can customize the settings for each mode. Now this is where you can really take control of how the gimbal actually uh, responds to your inputs. So you can make the smoothness a lot more intense. So that means that as you let go of the, the scrolling wheel, as you're trying to tilt, for example, it's going to smooth it out a lot more so you don't get those kind of jagged awkward motions so you do have full control over that as well as all the other inputs from the controller so I would suggest just to play around with this and see what works for you you can always reset it right at the bottom to the default and then go back again and see what works for you but you know I would suggest doing this while you're just sitting at like a park bench or wherever you can sit just to see how the gimbal responds and then as you launch the drone you can then play around with some of the expo settings and all the other ones in there but this is a good one this there's a lot in here so just play around with it and uh, get it to a point that you're happy because you can adjust the yaw smoothness the uh, you know the angular velocity as well and it explains what all of those settings will do for you and then if it doesn't work out you just reset it back to the default but definitely spend some time in here just playing around with those settings. Moving on to tip number 14 which is the FPV mode so under the gimbal setting it says gimbal mode follow mode or FPV mode the FPV mode will actually follow the movement of the aircraft so that means as you're turning corners you're going to get that really cool banking kind of movement which we're used to from the FPV world so if you do want something to feel a bit more fast paced, a bit more action packed, uh, then definitely tap into that FPV mode 
and from there you can get some pretty unique shots. I wouldn't suggest it for all of your footage because if you want some cinematic stuff then the FPV mode is definitely not the one. You want to go with the follow mode but maybe you want to add some more fast-paced movements. Maybe it's like a chase scene that you're filming then adding in that FPV shot is going to add you know a lot more kind of dynamic movement to the scene. Moving on to tip number 15 and this is the button customization. Now it will be dependent on what controller you have like if you have the DJI RC you'll have some different buttons pop up that you can utilize but if we're just using the default controller um, then it's going to be the FN button that you're going to press and it'll either be a single tap for one function or a double tap if you want to utilize another function and this is really cool because you can customize it to make it um, whatever it is that you want to use you don't have full control here it is a little bit limited but for example if you want to go between you know the horizontal and um, portrait like the landscape or portrait you can utilize that with one tap of the FN button and you can go straight into vertical mode if you want to capture something straight away you don't don't have to tap on the screen you can press that FN button you can also bring up like the map display uh, the advanced camera settings there's a bunch of other settings that you can set up here um, but this is a really cool one to kind of play around with uh, after you've flown for a little while see how you fly and what things you seem to use a lot more uh, and then you can set it up for that button so again if vertical videos are big for you set it up as a single tap to take you into vertical mode and then maybe you want to set it up so it recenters the gimbal as the double tap which would mean that the camera would either look directly down or it look straight into that middle point again depends on your use but there are a few different options in here so we're moving on to the camera menu now which is on the right hand side of the control menu again just access it via those three dots in the top right and then tap on camera it will take you through to camera menu tip number 16 is the histogram Again, this isn't for everyone. Remember, uh, these are the kind of things that you can learn a lot about and then uh, improve what you're doing on the field. So with a histogram, it's going to let you know the highs and lows. It's going to let you know, you know, if the scene is crazy overexposed or underexposed. So have a look online how to read a histogram. But you see as I'm adjusting the EV and as I'm, you know, taking out all of the light and making it a lot darker you can see that it's going one particular way and then as I'm making it a lot brighter it's then going the other complete direction so you want to kind of keep it in the midpoint you want to make sure that uh, none of the kind of peaks are getting crushed or that it's not so far on one end that it's extremely overexposed or underexposed but again you can just play around with this go to the EV and just adjust that and that will kind of help you understand what the histogram is actually telling you like the information it's giving you um, but again this is a really cool kind of at a glance information to know when you're flying and trying to get some really cool shots and then tip number 17 again in the camera menu is the overexposure warning this is where those patterns will come up in the sky the black and white striped patterns uh, this is cool for a lot of reasons it's going to let you know if something's overexposed it can be a little bit jarring for some people it can be a little little awkward if it's too much for you but you know if you're in an area where it's a really bright area or you're getting some crazy reflections from a building it's good to know that those particular points of the scene are going to be overexposed so that you can actually adjust the settings to make sure that it's going to look more natural so the overexposure warning I find to be a really good complementary setting alongside the histogram and then tip number 18 is the peaking levels so this is when you're in the manual focus you can go from off to low to normal to high and that will basically uh, dependent on what you're on if you're in high it's going to just give you a lot more uh, information it's going to tell you everything that's in focus as opposed to the low which is going to be a bit more subtle but again if you're using manual focus a lot and you want to make 
sure that what you want to be in focus is in focus, then you can set it up in the high peaking level and then it will let you know everything that's in focus and you can kind of just go from there with that information. If you don't use manual focus a lot, then it might not be relevant for you. But if you want to start using it, this is a good way to actually make sure that things are in focus. Moving on to the transmission menu, which is on the right hand side of the camera menu. Again, three dots in the top right click on transmission, it will take you through to the transmission setting. Uh, there are some live streaming options there which are a little bit more advanced. But what I want to talk about here for tip number 19 is the manual transmission mode. Now by default you're just going to leave it on dual band auto and that's going to do the job, right? It's going to pretty much make sure that whatever's happening with any interference the drone is going to accommodate to that and it's going to make sure that it's on the correct channel. But I find this really helpful if you go into manual mode, if you want to get a bit more information regarding what interference is in the area. So if you're flying around a suburb, there's probably going to be a lot of Wi-Fi connections, which are probably all going to be using 2.4. Some will be using 5.8, but a lot of them will be using 2.4. So if you go into here and go into the manual option, you can actually drag your finger along the channels in that little kind of graph there, and it will actually let you know how much interference is happening in the area. So I find this to be a good one, especially if the uh, auto just isn't working for you, you're finding the range is dropping out a lot. This is a good way to just choose like a 5.8 gigahertz channel that has zero interference, for example, and is gonna be a lot more reliable for you, um, but you have to see this information while the drone is on the ground. So if you're flying and you try to go into that transmission menu, it's not going to give you that information. Make sure you land your drone and have a look and go to the manual settings and just see what pops up. And it's just good information to know how much interference is happening in that area. And then moving on to the about menu, which is on the right side of the transmission menu. I've just got my final tip in here, which is tip number 20. And this is how you can check for updates manually. So by default, it should pop up and let you know, hey, there's an update, but sometimes you have to go back and then it will pop up and let you know. So for a lot of people, if you just want to fly the drone straight away, you might miss some crucial updates. You might miss out on some new features. And the amount of people I talk to who haven't updated their drones to the latest firmware is remarkable. A lot of people just don't seem to do it. So this is how you manually look for updates. Go into that about menu and then check for those updates manually. You just tap on the button and it will let you know if there's any updates. Anyway, thank you so much for watching. I really Really hope that these tips and settings have helped you and if you've got any other cool tips and settings let us know in the comments below let's start a discussion let's help some more people because there are a bunch of different tips and settings out there that people don't know about and i just want to try to bring it to everyone's awareness to help a lot of people out so thank you so much for watching i hope you have an amazing day and i'll talk to you in the next video peace